0: Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: Good evening folks, you're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench, right here with you on until 7pm and what a day of sport it has been. I have just got my breath back from that Premier League title uh, running, we will uh, go through that all in just a bit, but it is Manchester City who are the champions after a fantastic comeback against Aston Villa. We will we'll go through all the full time reports as soon as we get them in. It's been a fantastic day for Cork, they have beaten uh, Tipperary today to advance to the All Ireland series. We're going to talk to Sean McGrath on that in just a little bit. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork Shred FM. <laughs> with you on the Big Red Bench until 7pm and uh, a busy busy show uh, coming your way between now and 7 uh, o'clock we are going to start with a Cork's victory today uh, over Tipperary and uh, a good win for the Rebels as well as uh, the and a good win in Semple Stadium today Ashton O'Reilly was watching this one for the big red bench
2: Full time here at Semple Stadium it's Cork who came out on top here in Thurlis Cork 3.30 Tipperary one twenty four. It was a dream start for Tip with Jake Morris finding the back of the net after just 40 seconds but Cork quickly found their rhythm and led by 8 points at the break with goals from Dara Fitzgibbon and Alan Connolly Connolly once again opened the scoring of the second half followed up by a Patrick Corgan free Jason Ford got Tip's first of the half but it was quickly cancelled out by Connolly once again. The Rebels looking very comfortable throughout, finding it a lot more time on the ball, with Tipperary finding it much harder to create the scores. It was 44 minutes gone on the clock when Patrick Horgan left the field to a massive applause, finishing up with five points for the day, and it went from bad to worse for Tip when Alan Flynn was given a red card. 63 minutes gone and Darifitz Given pulled on the ball along the ground to find Tim O'Mahony inside, who pulled on a first time to get Cork's third goal of the game to really seal the deal. Conor Lahan was very Impressive with eight points, and it's the rebels who now progress and play the winners of the Joe McDonough Cup. Full-time score: Cork three thirty, Tipperary one twenty-four.
1: And a great win for Cork. A reaction from Semple Stadium in just a bit. We're going to talk to Dennis Hurley of the Echo a little bit later on as well. But literally just before we came on air, I spoke to Cork legend Sean McGrath. Right. For more on Cork, very impressive win over Tipperary. John, by our good pal Sean McGrath, and that is the word, Shawnee, Impressive.
3: Oh, they was very impressive Rory um, they started um, a little bit sluggish, tip won one, one tree up, but after that, it was always going to be only one winner. just was a fantastic performance full of everything um, feroc- ferocity in the tackle, ferocious walk rate, brilliant skills, some unbelievable individual performances. Um, and it's, ex- it's exactly what Cairn and the management have been striving for all year, I suppose. It was actually the complete performance, I suppose. It was incredible mm-hmm. when it And
1: the swagger as well from that core performance, particularly in the first half uh, when they were really motoring, was, was fantastic to see.
3: It was. Um, like none more so, I suppose, than the performance of Connolly who got six incredible first half points, some unbelievable stick work. He was also involved in creating some scores. Um, Alan Connolly, again, is a goal scoring machine. He could have maybe. The goal chest looked like he was gone when I mean, he was kind of bottled up. But um, he showed great stick work to get away from his man. And then a brilliant finish off his left. And again, then Dara Fitzgibbon towards um, as the half was going on, just continuing to run and run, take the ball on, and just hit the ball low to the ground. It was a fantastic finish. So the goals were excellent. The point scoring was excellent. And they gave nothing away. I mean, Jason Ford at times looked okay. He got some very good scores. Jake Morris looked dangerous. But all in all, the cock defence was really, really good. Um Nice and tight, give nothing away, um, and they can be well play for the performance. After the first
1: two games, I mean, like the the I suppose the optimism around Cork all but disappeared. I mean, like the change in the last two games has been fantastic to see, um, and stylistically, I suppose Cork just gone that little bit more direct, and it is paying dividends.
3: It is, and look, I suppose I, we were all critical, Roy. Let's not kind of pretend that we were waiting for this to happen or that we felt it was going to happen because it, I don't think we really did. And I think the majority of people were critical. Um, but great credit due to the management. I think, look, they felt they had to try something after the Limerick game last year. They tried something for the first two games that didn't work. They haven't completely abandoned this. They still at times do go short, but they're definitely way more direct. They're definitely um, hitting the attack more regularly and um, cross field ball, some fantastic cross field ball from in the first half in particular they have Mark Coleman across he might have been in the hands second point outside him and um, running across and uh, he took it and then slipped it off over his left so the attack is working really really hard their movement is incredible and um, so yeah from a style point of view they've probably tinkered with it a little bit haven't completely gone away from it but tinkered with it a little bit and then they've given young lads a goal like it's brilliant you now to see Alan Connolly starting yeah. and depressing. pressing um, and it's brilliant that they're continuing to prosper with with um, Kieran Joyce and or to, to to stick with Keiran Joyce and maybe stick with him at this in the back position, um, and then put Mark maybe in his best his best position, maybe which is left half back. And um, so with a bit of positional switches, with a slight tinkering of the style, and then as well, Rory with fellas just getting brilliant form back. Seamus Hardy was very good again today. So too was Shane Kingston. Connolly Hands Farm has just got an upward trajectory from the game one out, um, and then in in defence, you know fellas like Sean O'Donoghue and you know, Demi Callan, you know, DM gets a little bit of a stick. I thought he was brilliant again today. Good and tough. Um, and the goalkeeper was outstanding. Patrick Collins made an incredible save. Like, if that goal had gone in, it might have put Tip. I don't know, if it would have nearly put him six, six ahead, I think. Mm, exactly certain. But it definitely would have put him a good bit ahead. Um, and Patrick's puck out so good. So, but a mixture of style, um, tinkering a bit with the with the game plan and then with individuals getting the farm back. It's all culminated in just two fantastic performances. The last think Waterford to the game too.
1: Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's Antrim or Kerry now for Cork uh, next time out uh, on the 11th, um, which you'd hope would be another Cork win. Um, but for Cork to get to this stage after the last, the, the, the only two defeats has been fantastic. But you can't, I suppose, underestimate either Antrim or, or, or Kerry. There is a, a job to be done there, Shawnee
3: well there is fierce focus required and um, they might get a little bit of a break now after you know a very very hard what is it four games over, over five weeks um, which is grueling like it, it obviously mm. will take a lot out of them physically and mentally and especially mentally after you know the stick they were getting after the first two games so I can only imagine they get a, a mini break and then go hard at it again and you're right Rory like no game can be you can't underestimate any game I mean you look at Wexford's um, draw with Westmead and you wouldn't have said that that was possible really looking at the other results and the quality that's in the Wexford side, they got their draw and then they went to Nolan Park and beat a really good Kilkenny side. So that goes to show that maybe the likes of Westmead and these guys, um, that they just can't be in Westmead and that they've got decent players in their squads. And I know some of the Kerry lads that was done with now for a while, like Conway and these fellas they're superb hurlers. On their day, they're as good as any, you know, player in the C- Cork club scene. Um, and if they played in with any club in Cork, they like Shane Conway and that would make it. So, you know, they're good players. And, um, their look the Cork players should be better than them but they're good players so it'll be just getting that right now for the next couple of weeks keep the players ticking over keep their fitness levels good and high but keeping them sharp keeping them eager Alright we'll uh, leave it there uh, Sean
1: McGrath for. thanks very much a mix there for Sean yeah, McGrath a win for Cork but defeat for his beloved Liverpool in the Premier League title race Sean we'll leave it there Alright <laughs> my glow. <laughs> Sean not too impressed with their that their, um, Liverpool uh, not winning the Premier League title but uh, Sean absolutely delighted that Cork have uh, won Against uh, Tipperary today uh, and won it in style as well. Terrific performance. 330 to 124 was how it finished that means Cork are into the All-Ireland series and they will face as we were mentioning with either Antrim or Kerry uh, elsewhere in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship today a big win uh, for uh, Clare uh, as they ended Waterford's year in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship 331-222 uh, to 222
4: was how that finished and Jonathan Higgins was watching it full time at Cusick Park where Clare have defeated Waterford by 331-222 to 222. Claire took control from the first throw-in and were the dominant team throughout. They led by 13 points at half-time, much to the delight of the majority of the 16,144 crowd in attendance. Goals from David Reedy in the 21st minute and David Fitzgerald in first half injury time, putting daylight between the sides. The game was effectively over as a contest, five minutes into the second half, when David Fitzgerald scored his second goal. Daisy Hudson did net a Waterford goal five minutes later, but it was in the banner who were in total control and had the luxury of giving more time to players from the bench. An injury time Patrick occurring goal, barely getting ripple applause as the game petered out. A bitterly disappointing end to a year that promised so much for Waterford, while Clare will face Limerick in the Munster final in two weeks' time. Full-time at Cusick Park, Clare 3.31, Waterford 2.22. Yeah,
1: Claire looking very, very good this season. It has to be said, looking forward to that Munster final with themselves in Limerick in a fortnight's time. Um, we'll hear more from uh, Samba Stadium in a bit. We're going to get reaction from the Cork camp and we'll talk to Dennis Hurley of the Echo as well about Cork's fantastic uh, performance and their fantastic win and their fantastic turnaround uh, in the last couple of games. It's been absolutely fantastic to see and Cork uh, looking like they've got a bit of swagger about them, as I mentioned to Shawnee McGrath. All right, uh, we're going to get full-time reports on all the Premier League games uh, as soon as we get them in, but Manchester City are the Premier League champ. And they had to do it the hard way They came back from 2-0 down to beat Aston Villa 3-2 today uh, and Liverpool were also a goal down But uh, they got past Wolves 2-1 They ended up a point behind City And it's been a sensational year for Liverpool um, They've won two Cups They're into the Champions League final And they took their Premier League title race Down to the last game of the season Just a point in it at the end uh, you couldn't ask for more from that Liverpool team they've been absolutely sensational but we'll get more from that in just a little bit Elsewhere at the other end, Burnley have gone down following a 2-1 defeat to Newcastle. Leeds getting past Brentford 2-1 to maintain their top flight status. Tottenham's 5-0 thrashing of Norwich has ensured they finish in the final Champions League place, ahead of Arsenal who thumped Everton 5-1. Manchester United finished 6th they'll, they'll be in the Europa League next season, despite losing 1-0 at Crystal Palace. West Ham going into the Conference League, they lost 3-1 at Brighton. Third place Chelsea, claimed the 2-1 victory over the already relegated Watford and Leicester. The 4 winners against Southampton reports in all those games to come in just a little bit uh, elsewhere today in Gaelic Games Offley will take on Wicklow in the first round proper of the Halton Cup in two weeks the faithful county after 5-0-8 fight back from Wexford to progress in their preliminary game in, in a score today goals from Niall McNamee Lee Pearson and Jeremy Egan helped Offley to a three eleven to two thirteen win Kilkenny the under-20 All-Ireland turning champions they've beaten Limerick in the final by a, simple, uh, with a single point at Simple Stadium 19 points to 18 was how that finished earlier on today in golf, Seamus Power is sixth on the leaderboard ahead of the final day of the US PGA Championship. The Waterford native tees off in three under par seven fifteen Irish time in Oklahoma. Um, he is playing in just his second ever major he's six shots off the Chilean leader Mito Pereira so it's, you never know he's in with a shout and that's all you want isn't it so it'll be interesting to see what happens there at the final round so six shots off the pace and he's off in just about an hour's time Rory McIlroy's in the time for 17th he's on level par um, he's just gotten his final round underway Shane Lowry's on from three over par he's level par through six holes. Elsewhere in rugby, the Irish women's team has been beaten 40 points to seven by Australia in the World Sevens uh, today um, in their semi final matchup. Meanwhile, the men's team booked their place in the final uh, with a win over France today, 24 points to seven was how that finished for them to book their place uh, in the final. But it's a defeat for Ireland against Fiji in the final. I finished Fiji 29, Ireland 17 in the decider. In tennis, the French Open getting underway today in Paris with a couple of surprises already taking place in the men's draw the 2018 and 19 finalist Dominic Team is out he lost in straight sets in the first round to the unsealed Bolivian Hugo Delian meanwhile the women's six-seed ons Jabber of Tunisia lost in three sets to Poland's Magda Lynette elsewhere today it was the Spanish Grand Prix taking place uh, this afternoon and uh, Max Verstappen taking the chequered flag today his title rival Charles Leclerc was forced to retire from the race so the defending champion has now gone above the Ferrari driver who had mechanical problems to sit on top of the drivers championship elsewhere Verstappen's Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez was second Britain's George Russell finished in third and fellow Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton recovered from an early collision he finished in fifth place alright we are going to go back to the Premier League in just uh, a little bit uh, but before we do that we're going to talk uh, boxing and our good pal Spike O'Sullivan back in the ring next week he's preparing for the biggest fight of his life a world title shot for the Mahan Man he takes on the Cuban-American Landy Lara for the WBA World Middleweight Crown at the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn next Saturday night it's uh, part of a whole co-headline with Gervonta Davis and Rolando Romero now what An opportunity this is for Spike O'Sullivan. 31 wins out of 35 fights. 21 by knockout. All his defeats have come um, to former world champions like Billy Joe Saunders, Chris Eubank Jr., David Lemieux, Jaime Munguia. This is the biggest fight of Spike's career by a mile. and It's a massive opportunity for him and I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. I cannot wait to watch this fight next Saturday night. Uh, I got a chance to call Spike today. He is in Boston finalising his preparations for this massive, massive fight. I spoke to Spike earlier. We're joined on the line uh, from Boston now by our good pal uh, Spike O'Sullivan, who faces uh, the biggest fight of his career next week. Spike, how are you, boy? Fantastic. Roy, yourself? I'm good, boy. I'm good. Is it fair to say, Spike, that it is the biggest fight of your career?
5: Um. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. By. Um. By a by a by a villain. I'd say. You know. Uh, for the middleweight championship of the world in New York. It's if you are to say. It's definitely the biggest fight of my career. Yeah.
1: How did it all come about, Spike?
5: Um. I just got the call from um the promoters in America, and um. He called me and asked me what what I fight. Uh, for the, middle of the WBA middle of the World title and uh, I of course accepted the the challenge and uh, here we are uh, a couple of days out now
1: I can't imagine it took you long to say yes to that absolutely not
5: and I said yes immediately he just asked me would I fight for the WBA of the Championship World I said yes to that immediately I didn't even ask who I was going to fight and then he said it was our which didn't matter to me um, I would have fought anybody you know? so it's just uh, um, amazing opportunity and uh, my dream to become middleweight champion in the world uh, so I am um, you know I accept immediately as it's mm.
1: we've spoken about this quite a lot over well, I suppose the last 10 years you getting a chance um, at a world title and, uh, and stepping up to that uh, at this stage of the, of the game did you ever think this was going to happen
5: I wasn't really sure uh, I was starting to lose a little bit of belief, um because of COVID and such things, like you know, I was not sure, You know, would would happen but uh, um, you know, I was, I, I, I always believed for years it would happen, but uh, I was starting to kind of lose a little belief, as a uh, you know, as I say, with the COVID two-year period, of that and just I wasn't sure it would happen
1: exactly yeah. because of the COVID you've only fought twice in the last three years both of those fights coming last year it must have been incredibly frustrating I suppose just to be sat at home and not being able to fight
5: it was um, to be honest I didn't even know if I'd ever box again i get the opportunity to box again uh, you know with the, with the COVID and then um, the the war as well I just wasn't sure what way things were going to work out and um, then I got this call for my dream fight so um I'm absolutely delighted like you know
1: You'd obviously been staying fit in the meantime Spike I mean like you obviously knew that like you were hoping to to fight this year so you, you're definitely fighting fit and ready for this
5: Well I am indeed uh, I was staying fit uh, fit and strong I was getting my road working and uh, down the Mardick uh, training with my coach David yeah, O'Connell in UCC and I um, was keeping fit all the time fit and strong uh, just needed to sharpen up the tools which I've been doing for the last five weeks to the best of my ability and um, I feel like um I've uh, done as well as possible in that regard
1: Erislandy uh, Lara is a serious operator um, a fantastic opponent and just a, a, a great boxer overall Spike
5: yes, indeed um, it's great to share the ring with him um, he's your, regardless one of the all time greats of boxing um, Widely thought that he beat Canelo when they fought, but he just just didn't get the decision. And he's got three defeats in the record, and all all of them are uh, highly disputed. They're, they reckon he won all three of those fights, and uh, he's multiple times world champion, but amateur and professional, and he's a former Olympic well, Olympian for Cuban, uh, or for mm-hmm. <laughs> Olympian for Cuba Cuba, Olympian for Cuba. So um, it'll be a great way to win the title against uh, such a, uh, an amazing opponent.
1: Uh, you're fighting in um, in New York next week um, like the fact that there's going to be such a, a big crowd there first off but secondly I suppose with the the massive um, Irish community over there there's going to be a huge Spike Sullivan crowd in the Barclays Centre next week
5: yeah man after hearing uh, loads and loads of stories uh, of people travelling over it's, it's great and there's a big Irish community both in Boston and New York I fought here several times so, so there's going to be a lot of Irish there and um, I think it's going to be around 20,000 people at the
1: fight that's going to be absolutely incredible Um, like so I mean like there's been a great buzz at home have you kind of been picking up on that and I'd imagine the amount of messages that you've been gotten over the last couple of weeks since the fight was announced has been something else
5: yeah, I've been getting a hell of a lot of messages. <laughs> um, yeah. Mostly it's from me saying, Spike,
1: you know. come on the show, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know, we eventually got there. Um, it's been it's been busy, you know, it's been hectic because, um, you know, it's relative short notice for a fight of this magnitude. Um, you know, so I've been trying to cram in. I'm like a student studying um, at last minute, cramming all everything in that I could get done. Um, I've been training every single day, twice per day for the last five weeks. You know, so they've been super busy.
1: Yeah, you go into the fight, I suppose, Spike as underdog, and that's no bad thing because, as you know, the Irish, when they're underdogs and when they're not given much of a chance by the greater, um, wider public, I suppose, not the Irish public, and that's when the Irish are at their most dangerous.
5: Yeah, it's fair to say um, be a significant underdog in this fight, but... Um you know, I like I like a challenge, and uh, I've always said I'd go anywhere and fight anyone. And I think uh, you know, I'm going kind to of prove them that i proved it over the years anyway, and uh, this is no different. And um, you know, I'm always up for the challenge, and uh, I kind of like going in as underdog because you've got nothing to lose, and uh, you're expected to lose anyway.
1: Mm.
5: I'll be, able, I'll, be uh, I'll be there. to prove them different.
1: And Lara, like, if he underestimates you, like, as soon as you hit him with one of your your patented body shots, he's not going to be underestimating you by then.
5: <laughs> Probably not. I think when uh, you know, but he's been in there with some great fighters, like you know, like as I said, Canelo and a uh, lot of other guys, a um, lot of great fighters. Um, so he's he's seen most uh, things, you know. And but I, I do believe um, I don't really care what people, other uh, boxing experts' opinions are, etc. Um, I believe pound for pound, I, I punch harder than any of them. Um, mm. Actually, in fact, uh, I recorded the hardest punch they've ever recorded on PPC. To f- Premier Boxing Champions it's the same um, company we're fighting in for, with this fight so uh, they, they know about that you know so I believe if I can hit him you know land my punches I can knock anybody out uh, so I've been going in for the knockout as per usual
1: exactly yeah, there was a great piece in the, in the Sun yesterday with um, Kevin Byrne talking about you and, uh, and Ronnie O'Sullivan I suppose and the friendship that you have and also the fact that Ronnie became world champion this year and, and that you're taking inspiration from that
5: yeah, yeah, I actually missed that. Um, that article it was, it was I flew over yesterday. Um, I got sent a couple of pictures. All right. Um, yeah, Ronnie, um, he's unbelievable, best snow player of all time. Um, and hopefully, I can emulate uh, him and become world champion this year myself.
1: Exactly yeah and um, just the, the the thought of like waking up next Sunday morning as world champion Spike I mean like it's something you've always dreamed about is it hard to kind of just put that thought over your head and just focus on the task at hand and just put all your energy into Saturday night's fight and try not to get distracted by everything that's going on around you I suppose.
5: Yeah, it's a little bit hard to be honest. Um, you know, I've been thinking that about it quite a lot. And for you know, for my my family, my brothers, my sister, my mum, my dad, my in-laws. You know, I'm all, I get on very well with all of them. And you know, of course, my children. And um, you know, uh, it's it's a bit emotional, really, because it's it's kind of been I've been fighting for 33 years now, almost, and the uh, my 15th years as a professional. Um, so it's been a long, long, long road. And I'm I'm almost there. I have this opportunity. Um, you know, um, I gotta, I gotta be as focused. I gotta be as focused as possible, and uh, I, I'm confident I can do that. You know, I, I think I'm going to do a good job um, in, in being focused. I have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of big stages before and big fights, and uh, I think I've gained a lot of experience from all those occasions. And the. Uh, I think I can bring the best uh, that I have to this fight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic, and um, I know Packy's probably like scoring over tape of land at the moment and just trying to get uh, every bit of information he can on him. It's a, a massive week for Packy as well. He must be absolutely buzzing with this.
5: Yes, yeah. I, he is a first world champion as a coach, so um, he's he's excited as well. Yeah, we're, we're all excited. Everybody in the gym. There's a great buzz in the gym in Dublin, the California gym. Focus fight it's the biggest fight that we've ever had like you know so um, yeah we're all uh, excited and uh, hoping oh. I can uh, do the job
1: yeah everyone in Ireland's is excited for it but more importantly everyone in Cork is excited for your Spike um, go get it done buddy I uh, cannot wait to see you perform next Saturday night and uh, look it's it's yeah, it's yeah, a massive occasion and I cannot wait to watch you next Saturday night
5: thanks very much Murray, Murray uh, you know um, now, that, now that they've actually almost uh, got there and they uh, achieved uh, well, I've always wanted uh, mm. I kind of to come to the stage where I kind of want to do it more for um, for everybody else that supported me and for my family and uh, you know uh, I think it would bring them fierce uh, joy you know so I'm going to try and try my heart to do, hardest to do it and give it everything I've got uh, to try and do it for, for all
1: those people Champ cannot wait to see you perform buddy have a great week thanks Rory thanks very much appreciate it yeah delighted as always to be joined by Spike O'Sullivan uh, ahead of the biggest week of his career a world title fight next Saturday night in New York uh, as he takes on uh, Lande Lara the current champion this is for the world middleweight crown it's absolutely incredible stuff and uh, yeah I cannot wait to see Spike next week and fingers crossed uh, Spike will do the business and we will be talking to a world champion on the show next uh, Saturday evening Still waiting on full-time reports to come in um, or Sunday evening I should say because the fight's on next Saturday night and that'll be early hours uh, of the morning Sunday so yeah, I'll be certainly setting the alarm for that one or staying up on next. I don't think i will be able to sleep with the nerves. I'm waiting for Spike's world title fight but we'll keep an eye out on that one and go on, go on Spike, go get it done buddy. I'm still waiting on full-time reports to come in now from the Premier League. Uh, just a couple of uh, clips to play. In the meantime, I'm going to hear from uh, City's uh, Ilkay Gundogan, who came off the bench to score twice for City as they came back from 2-0 down to beat Aston Villa 3-2. He says it's a match that he will never, ever forget.
4: Players, we are also fans at the end of the day. These are the days that you look back, uh, to, look back to, and uh, yeah, it, it was an unbelievable
1: one. And uh, Liverpool's pursuit of an historic quadruple is over despite coming back from a goal down to win 3-1 against Wolves at Anfield. Uh, Captain Jordan Henderson says it is a blow, but they're already shifting their attentions to next week's Champions League final against Real Madrid.
3: Obviously a little bit of disappointment today. Um, we've got to say congratulations to City, of course. Um, but then focus on, um, on the job next week. A huge match against a really good side. And um, we'll have to be at our very best if we want to come away with the trophy.
1: Yeah, it's uh, heartbreaking stuff uh, for Liverpool. But I have to say, that Champions League final next uh, Saturday evening is going to be an absolute cracker. Liverpool, Real Madrid in the decider doesn't get much bigger than that. Still to come on the show, we are going to uh, talk basketball and we are going to uh, hear more from uh, Simple Stadium. We're going to get more reaction from the Cork camp and we're going to talk to Dennis Hurley The Big
0: Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.
1: Roy here with you on the bench until 7 o'clock tonight. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this evening on Cork's Red FM. We're going to hear more from Semple Statement. and we're going to hear from Cork manager here in Kingston very, very shortly. And we're going to talk to the Echo's Dennis Hurley about uh, Cork's performance today and I suppose where they stand in the uh, the All-Ireland picture now after two fantastic games, after two poor games. So it has been the very definition of a mixed Munster Championship uh, for Cork. But f- brilliant today against Tipperary. Brilliant last week as well. So it's certainly uh, not all doom and gloom for Cork. Even though it was looking that way after the opening two defeats. But Cork back winning, back looking good, back with a swagger about them as well is what you want to see so we'll have uh, more on that in just a little bit but we are going to talk uh, basketball now last week the Basketball Ireland annual awards took place in Dublin and uh, the address ECC Glenmire's Mark Scannell received the Coach of the Year award and what a season it was for them a treble winning season that saw the Cork Club win the E Women's National Super League title the Women's National Cup and the Champions Trophy Gerard McCarthy caught up with the Coach of the Year to get his thoughts on an incredible season no, we're delighted here on the Big Red Bench to be joined by
6: Basketball Ireland's Coach of the Year and that is UCC, uh, sorry, the Address UCC Glanmire's Mark Scannell and it is a deserved award following a treble of uh, trophies following a terrific season for the Address UCC Glanmire. So Mark, congratulations.
0: Thanks, Yeah, uh, Much appreciated. It was a lovely award to get it. You know, somebody has to get it every year, I suppose, and I, I was lucky enough to get it this year, but. course. Um, you know, it's a great tribute to the players. Um, you know, for the for the way that they've conducted themselves all year, and to, to the backroom staff, really, to Ronan and Kenneth, and to all the people that help out in the, in the club the committee. You know, the people that help us with the national league team. Um, and it was a real team effort this year, and I'm
6: delighted to um, to accept the award on behalf of everybody in the club. Um, well, that, that's very uh, nice of you to say that and to mention the people you've been consistent all the way through the season when we've spoken to you here on the Big Red Bench about the effort it takes off the court um, of your entire management team to to help the side and help the team. But to win three, trof- three trophies, Mark, is a fantastic return. And I don't know if that's something you would have anticipated at the start of the year. You would have had high ambitions. But to to cap it off with the Champions Trophy as well, it, it must be a fantastic feeling.
0: Well, it's great. It's great. And again, like it goes back to squad um, the depth in our squad, and and, and you know the players that the the, the the willingness to just do whatever it takes within the squad was was something to behold this year. Really, um, you know we I know we had our stars and we had people that performed on the big stage when it mattered, but it was a real real squad and team effort. We had different players every week stepping up, you know, and um, like at the start of the season when we kind of when it took a bit of time for the for the team to gel, I thought our or Captain Orany McKenna was was magnificent, as was Casey Grace, you know, the two kind of senior mm-hmm. players on the team. And then that gave the rest of the squad a chance to blend in and, 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 and to kind of get into into the rhythm of things. And then really it took off from there. And but like every month it was somebody different, you know, every week it was somebody different. And and it was a really tribute to the players that, that they had that hunger and that desire. You know, I remember us playing one game in particular where we had to play um Brunel in the Cup semi-final, you know, and we were depleted, you know, we were down to six or seven players for various reasons, and uh, we had won American, and um, it was it was an absolute going into the cauldron against them down in UCC, and I thought that was the makings of our season, you know, I thought really the younger players stepped up, and I know Mia Furlong in particular I had a marvellous game that night, but every night it was somebody, and when our backs were to the wall, I just thought we found a way to win, and that's a great sign of a team. And it's a great sign of their dedication and and their commitment and their just desire. And I keep saying it like, but like somebody said to me last week that like, just like your squad, your club, your team, you've great desire to win, you know. But like you only get so many windows in sport, mm. and sometimes it clicks into place, and you have to take full advantage of it. And I just think this year this team was a special team, and it, it took advantage of what was put in front of them. And they made the most of it. And, and you know, I, I can't give them a, a greater compliment than that, really, you
6: know. And that's very fair. And as you've said, you've been consistent as well about the depth of your squad and the different players stepping up at different times of the season, which was crucial to you. Considering how talented a squad you had this year, Mark, the fact that Claire Amelia is also receiving an award this weekend from Basketball Ireland as a player of the year must give you even more satisfaction because it takes something special to be the best player on that particular team and in that particular club. But Claire, I think, is the word consistency throughout the season for you? Yeah,
0: she's been brilliant. She, was, she had a fantastic season. She, from day one, like when she came in, she she brought the team to another level. You know, every night in training, she would like I'd always look at training, and 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 every time you go training, it's tough. You know, it's, it's tough for everyone to get there. But Claire would do something every night, and you would just say, geez, you know. Like I haven't seen that in a long time, and she just has that ability to kind of bring bring players to another level. But in saying that, and Claire would be the first to say it, like also our Irish players and and our Americans were so good this year that teams had to focus in on everybody. They couldn't really concentrate on one player or trying to shut down one player. Because if they did that, somebody else stepped up. And, you know, that made it easier. Not easy, but easier for some of our players. And particularly at times for Claire. Now, when we needed her in the big games, and when we needed a big shot, or we needed her to do something special, she did that invariably in, in a lot of games. But, um, but you know, it was just, again, I'd say the spread, of the, the spread of scoring in the squad, the depth in the squad. And, and, and then that allowed you know, the likes of Claire to really um, excel when when needed. But there was times when I mean Anya, Carrie, you know, Tierney and and Claire just went in and, and, and scored, you know, 15, 16 points each in a on a given night. And and that was almost impossible for other teams to deal with, you know. So we're delighted for her. She she had a spectacular year. She had a really tough year off the court and to be able to perform and do what she did and how she did it um, was was just fantastic.
6: Looking back on it now, Mark, how important was it that Carrie Shepherd and Tierney, Tierney Furman fi- fitted in so quickly when they did come in and play for Glenmire?
0: Well, it took a while, as, as I mean, it, it's, it's documented that it took us a while to get the Americans resettled this year. It, it was a tough year from that point of view. After COVID, a lot of people hadn't played for, a, for like, you know, 16, 17 months, and it was the same for the Americans. Um, And some of them came in and they just weren't ready. They weren't ready because they hadn't played in so long, you know. And for various reasons, one or two of them wanted to go home and so on. So we kind of, we had to move above and beyond that. And that was a great tribute to the Irish players because they were able to make Carrie and Tierney really, really feel part of it and really settle in. And we got lucky. We got very lucky with Carrie. She came in. um, She was brilliant from day one. Brilliant around the team. Brilliant around the club. Uh, just a really good personality and a great player on top of that. And she just helped everybody else um and brought us you know, again brought us a, a bit of consistency in that position. And then um as as we know we were down in America and we were really struggling and we got really lucky with Tiani because she had played at a very high level in, in, in Europe and um you know, we like we, we tried to sign her a couple of years ago. We just couldn't afford her. We genuinely couldn't. She she was she would be played have played in some of the bigger leagues in Europe. But at the time, she, the club that she was with was, um, you know, they, they financially they fell they fell apart, and they just and she was on a loose end really. And I said, look, why don't you give this a go for a couple of months? We made a deal that if something better came along, I wouldn't stand in her way. And in fairness, when she came here, she she was a real pro. She had you know she had that experience and that know how, and you know I don't know how many games she played in the season, maybe fifteen or sixteen. Um, in the end. But in every one of them, she, she did something that, you know, she just took us another level when, when we needed to, you know. So it was great, you know, that they, they fit in. And, and also they got on very well together off the court, which was good. And they got on great with all their teammates off the court. So that's, you know, we got lucky there. And, um, you know, it's a good testament again to Roland and Kenneth and the, the homework that we did on the players. Um, you know, as I said, you don't always get it right straight away, but we did eventually and we kept with it. And it worked out well in the end. So we're delighted with the two of them.
6: It certainly did work out well in the end. A fantastic season for the address UCC Glanware winning the treble three trophies for yourself and now the Basketball Ireland player of the year in Claremelia and a deserved accolade for the Basketball Ireland coach of the year to you, Mark Scannell. Thanks for all your help throughout the season here on the big red bench. You've been absolutely brilliant to us with uh, organising players interviews and talking to us whenever we, we asked yourself and look, enjoy the weekend in Dublin. It's well deserved and we look forward to talking to you again next season.
0: Thanks, Jaren. Thanks for everything and all the support and the help that we get from, from, you know, Red FM because it's very important again for our sponsors and for, for the club in general that, that and that people know that we're there and we're, we're, we're trying to do the best we can to bring on women's basketball as best we can in the, in the, in the city and in the country, you know.
1: The Big Red Bench on Cork. FM. Really interesting chat there with Mark Scannell of the Address UCC Glammire uh, and what a year it was for them. Um, a treble winning season. Mark Scannell is an incredible coach and he gets the most out of his teams. He gets the most out of his players. And you can see the players want to play from him. They play for him. It's fantastic to see. And a uh, well-deserved coach of the year award as well I presented to him last week. Uh, the Women's National Super League title the Women's National Cup Champions Trophy not a bad return it has to be said um, for Mark Scannell this year congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to everyone um, involved with uh, the um, with the yeah, Ambassador UCC Glanmire it has been uh, or the address UCC Glanmire I do beg your pardon it has been such an incredible year for them and Basketball core going from strength to strength to strength. And jurors covered it all this year on the Women in Sport podcast. You can get that podcast uh, on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcasts uh, every. Um, Thursday afternoon 12 o'clock is when it goes live so be sure and check back in um, for that because it is certainly well worth checking out um, every Thursday and Ger's doing fantastic work there um, on the Women in Sport podcast be sure and check that out um, and yeah and it was great to hear from Mark Scanlon, and great to hear such a kind words from Mark as well at the end there for all the work that Ger has been doing uh, we are going to go back to Semple Stadium i going to talk to Dennis Hurley in just a little bit um, I'm going to hear first from my Kieran Kingston Cork manager speaking in the uh, post-match press conference
7: Obviously um, after the first two games getting out of getting out of Munster was a, was, a, was a challenge in itself to say the least and um, it's great to get out of it Yeah were you nervous when when the penalty was awarded possibility of going 7 points down? Ah yeah, we went 6 points down that was very disappointing our start was very poor um, and that was really, really disappointing could have been, could have been further down uh, but I thought the kite the lads showed from there on in um, to go 6 down I think it was the highest and then to go 15 up in the second half was a massive turnaround I think the finals go winning by 12 so that's a huge turnaround and uh, I thought the lads during that period never panicked um, stuck to the game plan believed in what we were doing um, albeit uh, you could have panicked and start lumping it or start doing different things but they didn't they stayed with the process stayed with the plan believed in what we were doing believed in themselves and, uh, and turned around coming into half time which was I was really proud of them and I suppose the key factor is that the water game was built upon rather than, rather than you know there being any inconsistency again yeah look two games doesn't make us a consistent team either um, and, and certainly one didn't last Sunday Like we know how important last Sunday was because obviously it was Baxter all lose your out and today we approach it in exactly the same way knockout game as far as we were concerned and, and it's Cock and Tipperary we all grew up on tales of Cock playing tip and Munster hurling in especially up in Torles. and we uh, and you can see that today, like, if, the game, this, if today was happened to be a dead rubber game, I think the approach of both teams would be the same, because it's still Cock and Tip and massive pro country in Tipperary playing for their jersey and playing for their supporters and playing for their, themselves and the team, and, and the same with us playing Tipperary. And uh, we got plenty of that at the start. Uh, like, you look back over the last 12 meetings, I think Cock have only beaten Tip twice in championship hurling in the last 12 meetings, and uh, only once up here since 2006, which was back in 17. So, like, our record hasn't been fantastic against them in Championship, and... We knew that coming up that this was this was a massive battle, and, and we prepared accordingly. Um, I, I suppose you're glad of the, the three-week break now, yeah, after two two tough games back to back. Yeah, look, you know, a bit of momentum. You'd normally rather be playing, yeah. you know. But uh, we're not in control of that. Like we didn't do enough in Munster to to be involved in a Munster final. We'd love to be involved in a Munster final. We didn't do enough. We were involved in the league final. We did enough to get there. Didn't perform, and we just we didn't do enough to be in the Munster final. So we don't deserve to be there. Uh, we, at the skin of our teeth I think we're the first team to get through. Having lost the, the first two the robin, having lost the first two games. Having lost the first two games and that was our aim after after the first two games and that was only that was the only game in town. Um so we're delighted with that, but disappointed that we're not partaking in the Munster because we have three competitions to play for. The league we lost the Monster we're out of, you know, so we're in the third one now. Uh, what uh, a
6: turn uh, to? Yeah. Sorry. What
7: you put to turn around the down to we were. Sure <laughs> yeah, at look, we were like uh, it's the league, the league in itself. Like we uh, we ran from game to game, and, and then not in any way making excuses. But we didn't have a lot of time to tweak or change. And when we when you got a bit of a run in the league, you're kind of sticking with the same maybe and stuff in the way you're doing things in the way you're training and whatever. And we didn't get a chance to do a bit of a block. Um, we tweaked things since then. You had harsh lessons and uh, um, a lot of lessons learned in those in the league final the first two championship matches but I think the key thing I don't know if Mark mentioned it or not but we spoke about it that even after losing those three big games in a row um, the group never panicked Uh, the players didn't panic we didn't panic um, they believed in, in what we were doing. We believed in, what, in the group we have, and um, I think it has united the group actually. In a funny sort of way, I think um, uh, the group. When I, when I say the group, I mean players and management. I think they're a lot tighter than maybe they were three or four weeks ago, and, and losses like that, and I think it showed the last two games. Talk about the changes, like I Alex mean, come in four goals in three games. Yeah, I mean things like that, like in you know mixed up the game plan a little bit as well, you know, and, and you learn those lessons through defeat. If you keep winning, you don't learn those lessons through winning. You learn through defeat and. But you've got to take the lessons as well, and you've got to have the, I suppose, the mix of players. 20 20 players in any game that can adapt to whatever's presented to you. A win win down to 14, have a man up, and you have to the players to mix it. Go long, go short, go through the lines. Uh, play with 14, play with, as <coughs> I say, with with a with, with man extra, and, and uh, we're trying to get that balance right. And where are look, look, this is and anyway, saying we, what have we done? We've got out of monster. That's it. That was our objective was to get to the Munster, Fine, we haven't done that. We got out of monster. It's no more than that. And when it, we're certainly sort of not going to get carried away. Uh, we're delighted to be still in the championship in the All Ireland Series. We're not in the Munster. Cham- Munster obviously, as I said, uh, we are delighted to be in the All Ireland Series because it didn't look like it a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we were. supposed the obituaries were written for, for the whole, the whole group, um, so that's great. But look, we've an awful lot to learn and a lot to do. Did you have any doubts behind closed doors, killing yourself, or did you always believe in what you were doing? Absolutely. I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't believe in this group of players. I have massive belief in this group of players. Massive belief. And if we had lost the last two games, I would still have fierce belief in this group of players. I wouldn't have come back in to them a couple of years ago when they asked me to if I didn't have belief in them. And that belief is only. But my belief in them has only grown. And do you think they can go to another level now just on the back of the confidence of those two What Well, we need to. Because um, like we were stopping times today. Um, start. Another day that start could put you away, the game is over, like if the Pinty went in suddenly you're chasing the game and it, it might be closed down and the game's over so like we we have an awful lot to learn and a lot to do um, so we have huge amount of work to do and we'll try and cover as much as we can now over the next uh, three weeks Do you still feel like you have a point to prove almost as well
3: like just even after losing a couple of games yeah, which is not a bad thing
7: necessarily Yeah look we're obviously a point to prove like in Cork because like, unless you win every day you have a point to prove the next day and, and uh, um, but we can only deal with what's in front of us and control what we can and, and uh after last Sunday we packed it up on Tuesday night and that was the end of it and uh, it didn't matter really. Last, sorry, The Sunday was irrelevant unless we delivered today and we had to back it up and again today is irrelevant unless we back it up the next day. Hearing a lot of negativity in Cork after the first two games but a very good following out there, despite that I suppose, is that, is that yeah, something look, that the, the team draws from? Yeah, look, um, I said below in Bush Park last Sunday that uh, when the players mentioned afterwards that he thought it was 10,000 Cork people because... Uh, Coming down the stretch when we needed we needed a cox support, they were absolutely awesome. And uh Cork people love their hurling. Um and I suppose when you get to an all around final league final expectation goes up, uh, then you don't deliver, criticism goes up accordingly. Uh, but like that's that's the game we're in and, and we have to deal with that as a management team and as players and, and we can deal with it We've as I say we wouldn't be in this we're privileged privileged to be in the position we're in as players and management. And not everyone can do or would do or we take the risk of doing what we do, and that's what makes it, the county players and backroom team and all that goes. That's what makes them different. And if it wasn't different, then you wouldn't have 30,000 people coming to coming to see them play. And cross supporters are awesome. Um, and of course, there's negatives, as, as you said. There was a lot of it out there. Uh, we would kind think some of it are unjustified. Uh, but then again, that's our view. As I say, you know, you know what opinions are like. <laughs> you know what to say about opinions. Yeah. And so that's you know, you gotta look, and then you gotta look as well. Who's giving the opinion, you know? Uh, so you gotta you gotta you gotta look at all that as well.
1: And just finally, for um, me,
7: injury-wise, is anyone... I don't know if yeah, you we know, haven't got a chance go yet now to see a um, couple of knocks there, Damien Campy, Dominoch there, Rob Downey, uh, we had a couple of niggles there, and as I've said, obviously, Leary Leary's still not back, um, but we got to assess it now, and probably during the week, but I'm not really sure, but there's nothing, from, from what I know, in just a brief brief minute, and just from there's nothing major there.
1: The Big Red Bench on FM, and that is Kieran Kingston in conversation with the uh, Assembly of GAA journalists uh, up in Semple Stadium after a great win for Cork today and uh, a great comeback from their opening two defeats and Cork bouncing back in style in the past week. Dennis Hurley of The Echo was in Semple Stadium watching this one today uh, and Dennis that was just uh, a tremendous performance from Cork pretty much for the entire 70 minutes.
8: It was it was very good, Rory. Uh, um uh, I, I suppose maybe the first the first eight or ten minutes you might you might leave out from it <laughs> given given the tip of such a good start and Cork were a bit slow getting going. Um obviously there was uh I suppose a stroke of luck attached with uh, the way that the, the penalty hit the post and then Cork went up the field and got a goal a six point turn on but That's from there really Cork really pushed on. They were they were a lot better than Tip maybe a little bit sloppy in the final quarter when the game was won, but overall, um, definitely a case of building on what they did against um, against Waterford, getting the win they needed to, mm. and just moving on into the, the knockout stage, which few people would have uh, ex- expected um, when we were here in Turles uh, three weeks ago against Clare.
1: What's been the biggest change from the opening two games that you've seen, Dennis, in the past week?
8: Um, it's... It's hard to to kind of put your finger on one specific thing, but I there there does seem to be a stronger sense of kind of, of of work rate, just you know off the ball and and guys just kind of you know putting in those extra yards just to make sure that the opposition don't have it easy and can't play through them, and then it, that leads to more attacking chances. I don't think I don't think Cork's ability to get scores. Was ever really in doubt, but it was just that they weren't getting the opportunity to get those scores. If if that makes sense, um, like the the Clare game coming off the back of the glass was a, a real low. Cork just did not ha- have their have their levels at the required rate that day. But in fairness to them, they've gone away. They've they've looked at at what they weren't doing well, and they they put it right. They. They were playing for their lives against Waterford, but they did that, and um, they they've built on it, built on it since then.
1: It was the Connolly Hanshaw times as well today, Dennis. He was basically unplayable from a, a Tipperary pers- perspective today.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but five years ago, Cork went to, to Turles to take on Tipperary, All Ireland champions. They were unfancied and they beat them. and Connor got ten points that day, five from playing five frees. So he got eight, but seven of those were from from play and he got one free after Patrick Horgan had gone off he was just really really um, really on form but as much as the the points caught the eye it was that kind of extra work off the ball you know involving build up play working hard for the team and Kieran Kingston outlined that and ultimately that's what's going to win your games like guys just willing to to get every last drop out of themselves Um I was earning the right to get the scores, um and, and Connor definitely exemplified that, as he did against Waterford as well last week.
1: What's going on with Tipperary, Dennis? They had just such a, a dreadful, dreadful championship, four defeats and they didn't look at all of the races today.
8: Yeah, I think it's it's just a case of being in transition really, you know, they were without Seamus Callan for, for all the Muster Championship, Park Maher is retired. Um, you know, the the guys who who won the all earns in 2010 and 2016 and 2019 are are pushing on you know and they they're trying to kind of to to blood the guys who won the all earns under 21 and and under 20 titles um but it just takes time you know they they had a really good team and i suppose the panel didn't change for a lot of years so when when all those changes kind of happen then over a shorter space of time there's going to be a period of readjustment and just kind of find your feet again. Um they'd have been disappointed, I suppose, with the good start that they couldn't um couldn't stay with Cork. Um but, you know, it's it's just a case, I suppose, of putting this year down to experience and um and looking to kinda to regroup and, and go again in twenty twenty three. They have a bit of uncertainty at the moment, um, unfortunately for them in that if Kerry were to beat, if Kerry were to beat Antrim in the John McDonough Cup final, it would mean Kerry playing Cork in the preliminary quarter final. But it would also mean Kerry playing Tip in a playoff for a place in next year's Munster Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tip have, have two weeks of uncertainty where you know nobody is a, is probably of a mind to, to keep training, but they probably have to do some little bit just in case they are called upon to to play. Um, <laughs> To play Kerry at the end of the month, if if Kerry do lose Antrim, then Cork would be playing Antrim. Kerry'd be playing Wexford, but Tip would um wouldn't have to to face in that playoff
1: Yeah, and Antrim or Kerry to come for Cork, I suppose no uh, room for complacency from Cork, but um I suppose either game is uh, a game you'd expect Cork to win.
8: Oh, you would, and you'd expect them to win to win comfortably, um and be be ready then for another quarter final a week later. Against um, against the losers of the Leinster final, obviously Cork won't be thinking like that, or you mm. should hope they won't. Anyway, um, they they have three weeks to prepare for it, and you'd imagine that they will be ready, and that they they will win comfortably, like they did in a similar situation against Westmead in in twenty nineteen. Um, I suppose the bottom line is that they're there after the the before start, um, and I suppose you know the graph is uh, the graph is pointing upwards for them.
1: Certainly is. All right, Dennis, thanks for joining us today. All right, thanks, Roy. It's Dennis Hurley there from Assemble uh, Stadium, reporting on the game uh, for the Echo. You can read Dennis in the Echo and online Echo Live. Before we wrap up, uh, going to hear from uh, Corks Mark Coleman, who was uh, speaking to the Assembly Media.
9: Absolutely, yeah. Um, we knew coming in here it was going to be a savage test. That you know, when, after winning last week, we gave Tip a, a lifeline, so we knew they were going to promote All Guns blazing, which they did. Um, you know, they hit us hard in the first three or four minutes, even, and uh, you know, we stuck to stuck to our own plan and. Uh, just dug in, so we're delighted to come out with the result.
0: Hard to believe after less than five minutes, one three to no score down, and then the point, the penalty
1: save is a big turning point.
9: Absolutely, yeah. Um, but you know, no matter what, like whether you go three points, six points down, or six points up, you try and just fall back in your game plan, and that's what we do. Um, we never really panic, and um, you know, try and fall back to things that you're good at, the things that work for you, and um, that's what we've been trying to do. And, and today, like when you have that kind of game plan. Yeah, well, I suppose we tried to just keep the outside out. Um, it's important in, in this kind of format that you, you keep tight as a group, that you you know that there's going to be chances that that's the group format. And uh, so we never panicked, just, you know, we knew we took some big learnings from the first two games that, um, you know, we were poor, to be fair, in the first two games. We took the learnings and we came up and turned around the last two. So thankfully it, uh, it worked out the way it did and we're, we're out of the group. Within your group, Mark, were there a few honest conversations had? after declare again. Absolutely, there has to be. Um, you know, we, we knew that we weren't, we didn't play to our own standards. When I mean, you don't meet your standards, you have to, you know, ask why. And so there has to be those conversations. And it's not even hard. It's just take the learnings from it, really, more than anything. We, what went wrong and try and fix it. So it's the same as any poor performance. That's what you do.
8: Well, it was last year, I Helped Mark, you know, coming through the qualifiers in that last week and this week were both effectively knockout games, G? Yeah,
9: I suppose when you... We, Last year was probably the first year in a long time we put a few performances back to back in knockout games. So it's not something we spoke about, but I suppose when you're when you're in those um, the heat of the championship like that, um, having that experience of knockout games can't be a bad thing anyway. And did the conference suffer
8: a lot after like the league final the Limber game, the Clare game? Was was it tough
9: to, to keep the belief? Um I suppose it's tough when when you're losing games, but we knew that there were some obvious learnings there and um, you know, you try and look after the big rocks first and if you can try and get them right and see where the performance goes after that, that's um that's the main thing and once we got those things right, the big things that were wrong, um, you know, the the, the performance started coming like last week and this week, so hopefully we can you know, there's still a lot to work on now for um I think it's three weeks down or something, there's still a lot to be done. we're um, nowhere near the finished article so still work to be done. And your own role like it has changed a bit since the start of the championship. Like are you more
8: comfortable now or? Is there, is there that
9: much of a difference really? Ah, well there's a big difference in the role it's not that I'm more comfortable I suppose just the role itself is um, just allows you that bit more freedom it's, uh, it's not anything to do with comfort that you know happy with that. A lot of
2: impressive performances throughout a lot of different scores yourself you got three points Conor Lahan
9: he got eight points it's brilliant to see everyone put in for places. Yeah absolutely and we, we take a bit of you know pride in that in our group that you know there's nobody. Nobody has a place nailed down, and uh, you know there's a lot of rotation in the panel and in the team itself. And there's probably ten fellas outside of the 26 as well pushing to get in, and they're flying and training as well. So um, it's definitely a positive for the group that we have fellas, different fellas popping up every day.
1: The big red bench on Cork, Shadow FM, That's Mark Holman They're speaking to the Assemble media after uh, today's win. Um, over Tipperary is a fantastic win uh, Tipperary as I mentioned with Dennis they're just very poor today and poor throughout the championship four defeats for them but as Dennis mentioned they are in transition and they're looking at 2023 to come back uh, even stronger but it is all about Cork Antrim or Kerry to come forward the Rebels and yeah some turnaround in this space in the last seven days a lot of doom and gloom around Cork after the only two defeats but Cork fans walking on their chest puffed around out a little bit more after uh, the wins over Waterford and over Tipperary but that is it from us thank you very much indeed for listening I'm trying not to go too hard on Tipperary because Mags Blackburn is in the studio waiting for Green and Red to start a Tipperary woman herself a little bit down in the dumps today so I'm sure she has some fantastic Irish music coming away from 7 until 10 to cheer herself up most importantly but any other Tipperary people who might be listening uh, today that's it from us the podcast will be online very very shortly enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening folks and we'll talk to you again next weekend
0: the big red bench saturday and sunday from 6 p.m gork's red fm